0: Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions, 512-836-0590.
1: Hey, good morning gardeners. Lovely day out. Uh, Our temperatures are cold and they're gonna get worse this week. This is, uh, those in the outlying areas, Man, you're going to have to cover them tomatoes. There, it's going to be cold enough that it can stunt them. And if you're still getting tomatoes, that's, you know, that's going to kind of ruin your fall garden while you're trying to, can, trying to continue that production. So middle, uh, middle of this week, We're going to warm up a little the daytime temperature, but our nighttime lows are going to be pretty cold. The Monday night, Tuesday morning low is listed as 47 here in the uh, central Texas area. If you're outside our area, that's going to be a lot colder. Okay, so. I hope you're ready for it, because it will be enough to crash your tomatoes. Now, if you're looking to move things out, meaning, hey, it's time for the tomatoes to go, and you want to use that ground for something else, that's fine. Um, one thing you want to remember is, You do not have to let the tomatoes ripen on the vine. They will be green as grass, but you can pick them, bring them inside, and put them in a paper bag. Now, you want to check inside the bag probably every day and see as they start to ripen. You may pick a few that aren't ripening, and they'll get ugly and nasty. That's why you want to check every day. But you can get the green tomatoes to ripen inside. So if you're worried about your tomatoes or you do not want to do any more effort, uh, you're ready to recover the ground for some other crop, you can pick them now and let them ripen uh, at their own pace, and you'll still get to enjoy the taste of fresh tomatoes. Um, some of the other crops that we may worry about at those low temperatures is going to be um, basil, Basil is not a fan of cold temperatures. And, you know, we talk about cold temperatures. That doesn't mean freezing. At about 45 degrees, tomatoes are not happy. Basil will not be happy. It, uh, it is something that you need to take into account to be able to keep the crops going. Now, for basil, cut it flush to the ground, pull the whole stem up, and hang it upside down. It will dry, and you will have fresh seasonal basil throughout the winter. Now, it will be dried basil, so you, you know, you're going to have to use it accordingly, But once it's dry, you can crumble it all and keep it in a jar. That way you have fresh fresh basil to cook with uh, as you go through the winter. Some of our other crops, you're probably going to lose eggplant. Melons may not be worth the trouble. Even though they will produce a melon, uh, melons need to heat to produce a good sweetness. So if you have melons and it's this cold weather, you may find them to be kind of bland. So that's space you can recover. There's, you're probably not going to get any more watermelon or cantaloupe in this cool night weather like this. They need hot, hot heat to be able to produce a great melon. Eggplant's probably gone. Uh, Okra will probably be gone. Your peppers can hold out. I have uh, bell peppers. And since the weather broke, where we got actual rain, they're covered with blooms. Lots and lots of blooms and peppers coming. So I'm hoping that we stay warm enough so that I can uh, get them to turn red on the vine. The uh, bell peppers I have, the redder they are, the sweeter they are. They're really good, thick-walled. Uh, My only trouble is I've got a lot of them and they're really green. So I got to hold out with the hope that they're going to uh, redden up for me and I get to enjoy them. You could probably start to think about harvesting your... Black-eyed peas, things like that, they'll collapse under the first frost. They'll, they'll, it'll kill them, top kill them. Remember, if they are legumes, if they're cover crops, you do not pull the roots. So you want to take the top off, and the first frost will do that and that means less work on your part you can use the dead plant as a mulch and you don't have to work it into the soil so this is the help you're going to get from uh the cool weather going to be hard on tomatoes going to be hard on the basil but uh, the colder it gets, it'll knock down your summer cover crop for you, and reduce the amount of work you've got to do. So that uh, that's a benefit for you, folks. This is gardening naturally. I have a break
0: here. Um, I will catch you all on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey folks, welcome back. Let's go
1: to the phone. This is uh this is Scott. Scott, what can I help you with? Oh, hang
2: on, Jeff. All right, right in the middle of repotting uh, a roller palm. Uh, so I sent you two pictures. Did you get them?
1: Yes, I did. Is that Greg Smith's flower? No. What is that? Thank you for, thank you for asking an easy question. Um, I think I think it is uh, Liatris. Blazing Star is one name for it. Uh, It can grow really small like this. Some varieties have a real long flower spike on them. Um, It's kind of a native wildflower. But, um, yeah, if you're getting it, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if all the varieties are deciduous or you're going to lose them in the winter. There are several different kinds of them. Some have a long spike to them. Some of them are this little thing that you're looking at uh, in the picture you sent me. Um, they're not. Um, they're not bad. They're just a, a native grower that appears uh, that appeared on your property
2: yeah and just the flowers look like Greg's Miss flower, but the rest of it didn't look anything like it, so that's why I was kind of wondering what it was.
1: um you' you're you're right on the flowers. They're very close to Greg's Miss flower other than Greg's Miss flower. There's no doubt about it. It is either this most beautiful color, of blue, or there is a white version of the Greg's Miss flower. Never seen one in this purple color. So that's why I think it's um, the liatris. Liatris? L, excuse me, I got it right here. Well, I had it right here. Where'd it go? L-I-A-T-R-I-S. Lots of varieties of it. Um, dotted gay feather is the name. Blazing star is the name for it. Uh Lots of uh, varieties of it, but, but try looking at that online and and uh, see if it matches it the picture that you sent I was able to actually find it, it almost looks like they stole your picture to be able to put down information about it.
2: Yeah, and see these pictures that I already looked up that you just said it was? We have those on the other side of that field that I found them on. But they're the big ones. Yeah. Maybe these just started.
1: You know, I don't know. It's not very clear because there is what they call a compacta version of this, which is this little flower blossom. And there's also, like you said, the very long spiked ones, and then there are different varieties that are in between. So it seems to be that there are a lot of uh, a lot of types for this particular plant, a lot of varieties. Um, I don't know that I complain about. It sure looks cute. Yeah, I was just driving
2: by in the mule, and all of a sudden. I saw it in the middle of the pasture. I've never seen it there before, so it was interesting.
1: Well, yeah, I don't see any notes about uh, being poisonous to animals or anything like that.
2: Um, and the, the one picture I sent you, uh, it's got the, I guess, nuts as the, uh, oh, what do you call it? What, what do you call it when roots? the the root spreads by the is it oh, road? yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is that what those that are? That
1: just means yeah, that means it should be easy to transplant. And yeah. more than likely, this one picture you have that has like a bunch of them, a little clump of them, that should get bigger and bigger every year.
2: Well, it, provided we don't mow it down when mow we do it. Pay.
1: Right, right. That's true but you could consider transplanting it you pulled up enough of it throw it in a flower pot to give it a chance to get going and then you could plant it on where you want it to be
2: yeah okay that's what i was wanting to know what it was because it was kind of confusing
1: yeah i get that i i like it um it it can be a native, so I'm kind of wondering why I haven't got it on my property yet. Kind of disappointed.
2: Yeah. Well, like I said, we got the big spiky ones by the fence on the opposite side of the field, so. Got it. Who knows?
1: Got it. All right. Well, Thank you, sir. You bet. Thanks oh. for the call, Scott. Sorry. Yeah, DM folks, this, this plant is really pretty. Yes, sir. Scott, I must have lost you. Sorry, Uh, I'm coming up on a break here. Um, I'm coming up on a break, folks. So I will um, catch you all on the other side. Uh, Scott, sorry you got kicked off of there. Call me back if you still have more questions. we're coming to the bottom of the hour, so we will be taking a break for the news, and I will catch you all on the other side.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go back to the phone. Scott, sorry, we cut you off there a little early, but uh, what can I do for you?
2: Uh, Yeah, um, I had one other question about a bay laurel I just got. Would now be a good time to plant it, or should I wait till either spring or till it is not going to be 30 on Tuesday Uh, or in the 30s?
1: Here's, I have. A bay laurel in a container and I have two bay laurels in the ground. They survived the freeze, but the one in the ground I put in a, uh, I covered with a, a bucket. It wasn't very big yet, so I covered w- it with a bucket to protect it from the really cold weather when we were below freezing. The in-ground one uh, froze off a bunch of it, but it grew right back until summer came. I wasn't watering it at all, and I think I probably let it die, basically. The uh, one I have in a container, we kept it against the house when it was really cold, So it was out of the wind and kept the containers moist like you should to protect the roots. It took a beating during the heat, but I got all new growth on it right now. So it is a very industrious plant. Whether you have it in a container or in the ground, um, if you can get it to establish its roots, it can survive most anything. Got to tell you... It's not a fan of the drought. Yeah.
2: Well, I was more worried about transplant shock and then throwing to, we'll get down into the 30s. We always get colder than everybody else. Uh, I was just more worried about the transplant shock and then really cold on top of it, but not freezing.
1: No, I, I think you would, the plant would appreciate if instead you kept it in whatever it's in now, I'm assuming in a container, and just keep it. Uh keep it as protected as you can until we get back into spring. Then you could put it in the ground or in a container, a bigger container. Um, I have seen bay laurel here in Texas. We had one out, the natural gardener, that had to be six or eight feet tall. Two of them, actually. They were very, very big. They got hit by a freeze. We trimmed them back, and they just came back.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I was just worried about the us more than likely being in the 30s on Tuesday. So I I, I would think the up. plant
1: would Yeah, I would think the I think the plant would appreciate it if you kind of leave it alone till it gets through this cold weather and do anything serious like that afterwards.
2: Okay.
1: All right. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks for the call, Scott. Um, Yeah, folks, I love bay laurels. There is, especially since I have them right outside my kitchen window. So when we're cooking, we walk out and pluck a bay leaf. Fresh bay beats dried bay leaves, hands down, folks. It smells so fragrant with wonderful flavor. And a bay is a really pretty plant with very few issues. Let's go to the phone. This is Bobby. Bobby, what can I help you with?
3: Hey, good morning, Jeff. Um, I have a ram- two rambling roses that I inherited, and their canes are like 12 to 15 feet long, and I need to move them. Can you tell me how to do that?
1: Well, <clears throat> You can cut the canes to a much shorter length. If for no other reason, it'll be easier to dig it up and move it. You can. Uh, you want to dig out as much root as you can. So when you transplant it, you're transplanting lots and lots of the root system. You don't want to have a big top growth and you wind up moving only a little bit of root because that top growth will die by, die back until the roots balance out so if you're digging it up dig up as big a root ball as you can move okay. it in such a way that you take the new the root ball and drop it directly in the hole don't leave it out several days without putting it back in the dirt but grab as much as you can, and for the ease of moving it, you can cut back those canes a little bit if you want. Up in this cool weather, you could probably cut them back almost in half to make it easier to move them.
3: Okay. Um, Then the next question is about uh, peppers that are green, but turn kind of black on the plant, will they eventually turn red? Uh, he's talking about chili patines.
1: Well, a chili pekeen shouldn't turn black.
3: Yeah. I didn't think so, but it it is. <laughs> but there's it's there, loaded with
1: black. Are they all black? Yes. That can be a problem with blossom end rot believe it or not okay. it affects peppers too and it'll turn the plant black unless it's taking up space unless it's somewhere where you don't want it to be give it some time first to see if they'll turn red for you um okay. usually i i get a bazillion of them too i've never had to plant it it's always been a volunteer And done pretty well. But I don't remember them being black before they turn red. It could be an effect of the weather that we went through. So unless you need the spot where they're growing, kind of let them be and see if they don't redden up for you.
3: Okay. All right. Do you got time for one more? Yes, ma'am. I have a mountain laurel that's in the wrong place, but... I can leave it there, and it's well-established. Uh, would you? Are they temperamental about being
1: moved? A little bit. They have kind of tender roots. Um, I used to know a landscaper who would chew his crew out because if they ever took a mountain laurel in a, a garden container pot and they dropped it on the ground, He wouldn't plant that one for the customer. He'd go get another one. So, yeah, I I don't know how true that was, but he was a very successful landscaper. I trusted him on that. Uh, You want to try to be as gentle as possible if you're going to move it. How tall is it? Uh, About six
3: and a half feet. Maybe seven.
1: Wow. Okay, the root ball for that's going to be more than a hundred pounds. The plant oh, and wow. the root ball, close to two hundred pounds. You'd almost be better off in just buying a new mountain laurel and putting it where you want it.
3: Okay, that brings another question. Then you know, I would not attempt to move that, but that's the area. It's close to the slab. That's the area we're having problems with the slab.
1: I have, I'm going to say this carefully because I can't, you know, say for sure. I have not heard of mountain laurels causing slab issues. I suppose they could. I suppose they could. But I have not heard of that. Um, I've kept them away from that but only because of where I wanted to plant the plants I don't know if the roots of the mountain laurel are causing the problem or not
3: right okay well I appreciate all the help it's a very beautiful morning I hope you get to enjoy it
1: thank you much and thank you for the call um Bobby, you have, I, I wish you luck on the mountain laurel. Cutting it out is not a great choice. I mean, you have to give up a big plant that looks good, et cetera, et cetera. But um, sometimes you're stuck. It's, it's just what you get to do. Um, let's see here. Bobby, folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up against a break. I will be back in just a moment.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Welcome back, everybody.
1: Let's go to the phone. This is John. John, what can I help you with?
4: Yeah, I wondered, uh, you had a previous caller calling about the chili bikini, Uh and she yes. said the berries were going black. hmm I think she's getting that confused with the lantana, like a wild lantana, uh, because those berries will start off green, uh, and then they'll go black before bloom. I think that's what she's well, getting. It, and it has a, has a very similar structure to the plant so I'm hoping she's not trying to eat those because those are poisonous. Um, so if she looks up, if she looks was, up Lantana this, camera on, on Google, she'll see exactly what I'm talking about.
1: She said this was an established plant and that they've already harvested chili pequines from it. I understand what you're saying, but I don't think she's mistaken the two. Um, and you are right. Lantana's will produce a bazillion berries that are black as night. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, the there's several roadways here in, in Williamson County that if you drive them, there is so much volunteer lantana, all from the birds picking the blackberries and depositing them. Uh, couldn't believe how much volunteer lantana there was. Uh, I have a couple of plants that always show up in my yard and I got to work to get rid of them because they always want to show up in places I don't want them growing. But uh, she she knew what her original plant was because it wasn't uh, just this year. It normally produced and it wasn't this year so i'm, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure she's not talking yeah i'm pretty sure she's not talking about lantana but i have uh i i completely agree with you those berries on lantana will be green and turn jet black uh before you know it and you're right no eating lantana berries even the birds yeah, that'd have be a-, a bit of a problem with them but- It'd be a very uh,
4: unfortunate mistake. Yeah, and I was actually the first time I was introduced to the chili patine was a uh, very unfortunate event. It was comical for a bunch of people, but not very comical for me. (laughs) Oh, I just I thought I would no, no, no. that would help her out. I I didn't hear her mention that they'd already done a uh, previous harvest. So Uh,
1: yeah, um, that's kind of chili patines are what you do to Yankees. You know, their first time in Texas. Itty-bitty chili can't be that hot, right? <laughs> Second hottest chili well, I mean, in North America. He,
4: uh, he he kindly handed me a Coca-Cola to wash it down, so that helped.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I always have volunteers of them. I, I don't have to tend to plant them, and I just go harvest a bunch of chilies and dry them and put them in a bag and use them for seasoning. Sure. Sure. All righty. Well,
4: uh, thanks for taking my call. I hope you have a great weekend.
1: You too. Thank you, John. Yeah, folks, uh, it's a mean trick to do, but it's somewhat humorous if you're not the one being tricked. Uh, chili Pequins, those little EB red peppers, are unbelievably hot for their small size. They're considered the second hottest chili in North America and they're beautiful plants, pretty green leaf, white flowers that show up, and the berries, it'll look like it's covered with Christmas tree lights, nice and red. Um, they, I won't say they can be invasive. That's, that's probably a bit much, okay? Um, but you will get a lot of volunteers. The neat thing about it is many birds love them. Mockingbirds are big fans of Chili Pequins. And the reason they can do that is mockingbirds and birds in general do not have the taste buds that recognize the heat. So they can you it doesn't matter what kind of pepper they're just going to eat it doesn't bother them um i know people who have parrots will feed them a hot pepper and forget and they will rub their beak on their face or something and son of a gun they'll spread that hot pepper right back to you my my parrot um don't give him hot peppers because I don't generally have them around, but he does love the red bell peppers. He will, he will eat pieces of those like he is a shop back in a pile of dust. that just disappears. Um, chili pequins are a great shade plant. They can get by with very little sunshine, and they are very attractive. So if you're looking for something to fill a spot that's shady, you can try these. And if you give them the least amount of protection over the winter, they should come back every year. They are technically perennials. They can freeze to the ground, but they will come back up from the roots. So long as we don't have too cold of weather... But they're they're a lovely plant. Uh, Pick the berries, let them completely dry, throw them in a spice mill, hit the button, and you have chili powder. Some pretty hot chili powder, actually. But it'll be tasty, and you get to use it during the winter season. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up to the top of the hour. We're going to break for the news. I will catch you on the other side.